1: Hard-working people, working hard for you and me, moving higher, time and time again, through the years you'll find us here, moving higher. Hello and
0: welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Mark, Chip Nellinger, this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Exxon Tire helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Also, if you are a listener of the Moving Iron Podcast, for the month of June, you get a 3% discount if you you use the word combine kit for a set of combine tires and rims from Alliance there at axon.com. Or if you're talking to your rep, just tell them you heard it on Moving Iron Podcast and you'll still get the same 3% discount. Also, Attractor Zoom Delivered Insights, great place to go and check and see what's going on in the the auction market. Uh, If you saw that last auction that Sullivan's put on uh, with uh, AHW, you'll know why you need to pay attention to what's going on in the marketplace. Right now, the uh, auction values are at all times highs, and this is just a good time to pay attention to what's happening in the auction because as soon as that starts to drop, Retail values will drop with it, and you need to be on the cutting edge of information. Speaking of cutting edge of information, I have got Chip Mellinger from Blue Roof Ag Marketing here with me. Chip's nice enough to come on once a week and talk about what's going on. And you know, Chip, you and I have been doing this for almost three years now. And in that three-year period, I don't know that you and I ever had didn't have anything we didn't have to think. You know, within five minutes, have a pretty good idea what we're going to talk about. And uh, this this week is no different, man. They had a Fed meeting. Fed put out some. I mean, bearish news. Obviously, talking about inflation. A lot of money flowed over into uh, the commodity marketplace, and I believe at one time yesterday I saw. I think there were November beans that were down about seventy nine and a half, and then before we came on, you told me that in the overnights they were up fifty four. So, big swing in the uh, in the action. So, what is your reaction to all this? mayhem that we see happening right now
1: yeah well that's a good word for it mayhem right and uh, on top of all that that we're in a a weather market right you Mm -hmm. didn't mention that that it it uh it might rain in some dry areas here now so far um some awful dry areas in wisconsin and northern illinois got some um rain overnight last night but it didn't really amount to as much as was forecasted it's so dry in the atmosphere it's just not getting to the ground and it's not as organized as what it needs to be so there were not that there weren't some inch plus rains in that but uh, if you got that you were uh, pretty fortunate and there's more rain in the forecast for some dry areas of uh, of the western corn belt iowa specifically possibly Parts of uh, Minnesota, northern Missouri, western Illinois—that's early next week. And so these weather models have been um, less than consistent. And there's a tropical storm, uh, you know, bearing down on uh, the the Gulf somewhere around Louisiana, you know, Mississippi, that area, and and where that's going to track is going to have some uh, bearing on how far the it, the rain reaches into the Northwest corn belt. So that debate would cause enough volatility. And then, yeah, this, this fed meeting happened this past Wednesday of this week. And it's it boy, the reaction was, um, to, to all these financial markets was really weird. And, you know, they mentioned you know, yeah, inflation's here. We might have to raise interest rates starting in 2023. So, you know, 18 plus months out. Um, and you had some weird, weird moves in the financial markets. <clears throat> Bottom line, there was just a tremendous amount of money moving. The initial gut reaction by some people and in big institutions appears to be uh, inflation's over. The Fed's going to raise interest rates. The dollar screamed higher uh, because of you know the fact that maybe eventually we are going to raise interest rates. That's, that's bullish the dollar. But in the same breath, interest rates futures, uh, signaled, uh, an immediate reduction in rates and, and the stock market is just kind of flown all over here. So it is just a, a really weird, uh, time. Um, mayhem is probably, you mentioned that's probably a good, a good word for that. I think some of yesterday's massive move, um, was, exaggerated by just a massive amount of money flow and liquidation out of commodities because it wasn't just the grains you had like gold was down 80 plus dollars crude oil was down a buck and a half a lot of the soft commodities, coffee sugar cocoa got uh hit really hard uh it was commodity wide and i don't know that just talking about it you know goldman sachs was out yesterday saying hey china tried this the other day you know talking about we got you know, slow this uh, inflation deal. The Feds tried it. Talking doesn't do it. Um, and you know, according to Goldman Sachs, c- inflation's here to stay, and and this dip is a buying opportunity. And so now you see it, right? I mean, that's one of the biggest moves. We had expanded limits in the in the soybean complex yesterday because of soy oil, and soy oil has its own fundamental story. It's probably topped. It had all time highs. Here within the last couple of weeks, and it's having a correction was limit down the prior day that caused expanded limits. July beans yesterday at one point were down like a dollar and twenty two, twenty three cents um, at the lows, and so there's a lot of stuff hitting the market here. At, at the heart of this, we need better rainfall immediately in the western corn belt, uh, southern Minnesota, Nebraska. The Dakotas actually still are on the dry side. Um, again, that moves into Illinois, Western Illinois, Northern Missouri. Uh, some on tap for next Tuesday, Wednesday, but there's areas that are dry enough that like, they need it now. And if they don't get it now and have to wait another 10 days, two weeks, even if it's cooler, you're irreversibly, in my opinion, um, cutting yield potential out of that. And, and at this point, I think it's a stretch to even think we can get 179.5 national average yield. Uh, On corn, even if it starts raining, it is just that dry in a big area of uh, prime corn producing um, acreage. And so, yeah, yeah, what I said there was pretty long winded, it felt like. But uh, now in the overnights, because these rains weren't as um, good in Wisconsin and northern Illinois, very dry there as well, uh, not probably quite as dry as you move further west into uh iowa and minnesota but those rains were a little bit disappointing and you know now you have uh, just a, a nice little 56 cent bounce in the overnight here in, in july beans after being down like i think a dollar and 18 cents yesterday so we've talked about this volatility and and and, and this is it and, and the weather is going to cause this if these rains next week disappoint corn will be you know right back north of six dollars uh, on december uh, and, and probably pushing into new highs above 638. And who knows? Flip a coin. Right when you need the weather models to be consistent, the three main weather models um, are totally different. One has up to four plus inches rain for fifty sixty percent of Iowa. The other one has a half inch to an inch and a quarter. Well, you know when it's 95 to 100 degrees, you're losing a quarter of an inch a day out of the soil. Three quarters of an inch of rain might buy you a couple of days, but it's it's right. not making your crop for you if you don't get follow up rains consistently. So yeah. we got to the, the the start. We're you know deep into June We got the a, a real problem developed, and and I'm not sure one rain is going to fix that. We ne- it needs to be a pattern change, and a, and I'm not picking up that it's a pattern change. It's just one scattered event in a overall drought is what it looks like to me. Yep.
0: Yeah, out here they've, they had a couple times where they the, uh, the amount of water they could push down the canals, they had to actually shut it off for, I want to say it was seven or ten days, but that was right during the peak of that, where we, we had that stretch of, uh, 98 to 103 degree temperatures, and, uh, corn out here is about three or four inches tall, so trying to get that start and everything else, and then you shut the water off and give some extreme heat, there, there's, a uh, you know it's getting pretty crispy and they turned the water back on here uh yesterday the day before and you know now you see some and you know, they're pumping the water to it but it's going to be uh it's going to be a challenging year i mean just if you take a look at what's going on and take a look at some of these evaporation maps and those kind of things that, that noah puts out there and and you know the term flash drought and those kind of things are starting to pop up in people's vernacular so got some crazy things happening man i'll tell you what there's just uh it is very. Uh, this is kind of how twenty twelve crop year started, at, was it not?
1: Kind of had a pretty decent it wet yeah, rain and yeah. kind of turned yeah, into this. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's almost the the mere opposite though, because in twenty twelve it started in the southeast and moved northwest, and this has started in the northwest and now it's expanding uh, southeast. Yeah. And so I don't think it's maybe quite as widespread as 2012. But uh, I I think the thing that is maybe throwing these weather models off a little bit. And and I remember 2012 vividly because I remember walking out of my office is 105 degrees Mm -hmm. and it actually felt kind of comfortable because there was no humidity. Humidity. Yeah. And this is the same way, right? It was like 92 degrees here yesterday. and And you're like, well, that's hot, but you know, it's not the miserable a normal June in Illinois when it's 82 degrees and 78% humidity is way more uncomfortable than when it's been 95, 97 here. Right. And that is just that is a bad news for crops. And and I think that's what's throwing these weather models off, right? Because uh, yep. you know, I read on Twitter the other day that you know, they're assuming normal dew points in these rainfall projections. And I'm picking up people are saying, yeah, I look at the radar. It's directly over my head. It's yellow. It should be raining. It's not doing anything. It's just because it's so stinking dry. The atmosphere just sucks it all up, and it never hits the ground. And, and yes. it throws the, you know, what? If we had seventy-eight percent humidity, yeah, it'd probably be a nice two and a half inch rain. But at twenty-two percent humidity, it doesn't hit the ground. And and uh, then once the sun comes up, it just th- those. You just watch the radar. That just once it starts heating back up, it just. It just destroys though any front that's moving through it. It's just gone. Mm-hmm. The rains just disappear once the sun comes up and the heat pops out. So you know, in in 2012, what changed it was a hurricane coming through the Gulf, and that's what you know kind of broke the drought, so to speak. That was in August, late August. This I don't know if this tropical storm is has enough power to to do that, but certainly it's it's going to maybe. Cause some rains in some dry areas, depending on the way it tracks. But yeah, it's it, it, it's so dry. Like one, I don't think one rain fixes it. Um, it, it might buy you some time, and, and hopefully you get a follow-up rain somewhere down the road. But it looks to me like a fair amount of area, possibly southern Minnesota, portions of Iowa, maybe portions of Illinois, are going to not get anything, and it, you know. It's not like you know we will we, well, we'll Maybe get a rain in three weeks. You're, you're you're going backwards and probably doing some damage if you miss rain this go round, and yeah, it's unfortunate. But uh, that's that's kind of what we're dealing with. And so the markets, you know, it doesn't know what to. Is inflation gone, or are the funds going to get out? You got an upcoming uh, acreage report and stocks report on the thirtieth. Market thinks they are going to find a bunch of acres. Well, that's fine, but you're likely going to find them in the Dakotas and if if you know the Dakotas burn up for the rest of what's it matter if you planted two more million acres of corn if yeah it doesn't matter if they zero. don't get rain yeah, yeah. So, so the market that alone just the weather uncertainty is gonna <clears throat> you know push these markets back and forth but at the end of the end of the day on corn we're pretty critical time frame we need some way better rains the next two three weeks say between now and mid-july where we have the top end taken off of this corn crop for sure beans you, you can argue you could buy some time but in some of these dry areas i've seen pictures and talked to producers and you uh, know beans are a little rugged right now too because uh, they're just sitting there kind of withering in the heat and dryness uh, they can probably last a little bit longer and it's maybe not as yield affecting right now on beans but uh if this pattern lasts into july you got some issues on the, the bean crop as well and down south, it's the opposite. You know, i talked to guys down there in, in Mississippi, Arkansas, that area. Uh, a week ago, week and a half ago, they got like from 12 to 16 inches of rain, uh, widespread flooding. There's a massive amount of bean replant that needs to take place. And now this tropical, they're trying to dry out. And now this tropical storm is going to give them more rain here in the next couple of days. So it's, there are, Issues from each extreme right now, right. and the the areas that are ideal seem to be shrinking a little bit, and that's not a recipe for a record corn or bean yields. And it's tight enough that we we need to see that happen, and uh, the chances of that seem to be slipping away slowly each day. It could still be a good crop, but it, it's it's got to keep raining and and cool down more than two or three days. Uh, it needs to be a pattern change deep into july and i'm not sure we were quite there yet and a lot of weather maps aren't showing that they're
0: showing pretty much a a prolonged drought especially through um through the end of july so all right let's talk about the dollar and exports right now real quick uh china irregardless the price we've seen right now china just can't buy enough of anything that they that they're looking for so just a quick numbers here. So China imported 3.16 million metric tons of corn during May. That's 395 percent up from a year ago. Year to date, they've got 11.73 million metric tons, and that's up 323 percent above last year. At the same time, I'm getting all this from a Pro Farmer report that came out this morning. So I guess you know they they, they talk about how they're going to slow stuff down and, and not buy as much, but they again, just like normal Chinese rhetoric. You uh, do watch what they do and not what they say.
1: Exactly, exactly. They have been a little bit quiet here um, for the last couple of weeks. Our, our export sales haven't been very stellar, but they usually aren't this time of year. You know, th- this is a time of year you things kind of slow down anyway. South America, Brazil is is still. Uh, kind of putting some some beans out on the world market so but the take home to me is it's there's still positive levels and you know this last USA report uh, the USA bumped up corn exports rightfully so we haven't seen major cancellations they continue to continue to ship out a large amount of corn and a fair amount of beans uh, every week too a lot of that going to China and so there's nothing to say yet that they're not going to be there. Uh, longer, longer term. And in fact, the next, um, you know, month, month and a half, as you seasonally typically get out, uh, you know, you kind of exhaust the supplies out of uh, Brazil, then that's when we see China start picking back up and, and starting to buy new crop beans from us. So we might be on the cusp of that happening. And this overnight, you know, I, I would not be shocked with this limit down move yesterday in corn and, you know, like you said, 80 cents lower in, in new crop beans, wouldn't be surprised to see China step up and, and uh, you know, come to the table again and start buying. Um, that's how they operate. And, you know, they, <laughs> last week, some of this might be tied to, supposedly last week, China said, hey, we got to stop some of this internal inflation. Uh, any, any you know, trading firms that are long um raw materials or or futures we're going to kind of force people out of that. So some of this selling might have been that. But you can't, you know, that alone does not stop inflation. I think that's what Goldman Sachs uh, point was when they came out with that report yesterday is you can talk it all you want, but once you start the fire of inflation, it's hard to put that out. And right. My point with that is Yeah, China might have been saying, hey, okay, if you're speculating in commodities or raw materials, we're going to force you out of that position. Obviously, that creates selling. And they know that. And I just it would be prime time, prime environment for, you know, the state um, buyers to come in and say, yeah, we'll take some corn. It's 60 cents off the highs. Beans are two and a half dollars off the highs. Let's. Let's uh, let's fill up the reserves again and uh, and buy a little more. So, would not shock me if the next day or two you don't see some, uh, you know, reports that uh, that China bought this this dip in corn and beans. Yeah,
0: yeah, good stuff. A lot of things going on, Chip. You talk about it all the time, having that plan and how important it is, and and keeping that plan up to date and executing that plan. So, folks are working on their plan or just kind of up in the air right now how they need to execute the plan that they've got in place. What's the best way to get a hold of you and the folks over there at Blue Reef Agri-Marketing?
1: Yeah, best way is just give us a call at the office. That's 309-550-7213. Yeah, and I would say having a plan, uh, it, it works both ways. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, if you have a plan of action and, and you're willing to execute that plan, this environment, uh, there's no reason to put stick your head in the sand and say, you know, be be nervous or Um, want to throw up because of this volatility right we've had pushes above six dollars to make sales in corn and then on the breaks it's time to come in and and you know buy calls on those sales or you know if you didn't want the sales you know dry area you push up north of six bucks buy some puts the volatility allows you to maneuver and and create a great position for yourself but you gotta execute on the plan and and um and it always comes Casey at a time when it's busiest, right? Yep. Farmers are out spraying, trying to, you know, a little bit of replanting areas, putting nitrogen on side dressing. They can't focus on the market. So you, point being, you got to have a plan and, and, uh, we're, uh, more than willing to, to talk to you about, uh, how best, uh, to get that plan and execute on it. Right on. Well, good stuff as usual, Chip. Thanks for being on the podcast, man. Uh, no problem, Casey. That's, uh, it's, it's going to get uh, more exciting, I think, the next couple of weeks. So uh, yeah. I guess uh, fasten your seatbelt because this thing's not uh, over by a long
0: shot. Yeah. Tune in next week, folks. You're going to have another plenty of good things to talk about here. So Better
1: than a soap opera, Casey.
0: Exactly right. That's exactly right. I am Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you're going to find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast as well as any blog posts that get posted. They'll be there as well. Go to movingironllc.com for the entire library of the Moving Iron Podcast and all the blog r- blogs I've written there as well. Also on the website, you will find um, the Moving Iron Summit. Uh, all the information there up in the navigation bar, click Moving Iron Summit. That is September 15th through the 17th in Nashville, Tennessee. All the information for hotels, uh, agendas, speakers, uh, how to book rooms, how to register for the meeting, all that stuff is right there. So check that out. Um, it's a great place to come network and put a name with a face. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Chip Nellinger. Let's go move some iron folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales parts or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The reach of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com.
1: in the 21st century, hardworking people working hard. You'll find us here Moving higher